Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. She can come on in. Good evening. Good evening, Atlanta. Look at you all warmed up. It's yeah. Like you got your stretches in. Good evening. It is October 28th, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Toot toot. It is game week. It is Eastern Conference Finals week. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, aside or across from me, and then coming in in a, just a few minutes, my lovely wife, Angie Kakoma, Herb. Still feels weird to introduce her as that, but thank you guys for tuning in. Well, so, and and you are now Tim Herb Kakoma, right? Yes, you guys that's how we do it. Herkoma. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sounds like Hickama. Uh, where okay, so Joey Logan's asking uh, where we're sitting on Wednesday. We're in 120. We're in our normal seats. 104. What, what you got? Some rose? No, it's spicy water. Just vodka, straight vodka. Spicy water. The oh. spiciest of spicy waters. Oh, thank you guys for tuning in. This is gonna be a good week. It is. It's gonna be a great week. You know what was good about recording the show before? This I feel like I feel loosened up. It's like we got our we got our warm up in. Ready to, ready to do this. It's good. Ready to do the damn. We're thing. able to pregame. I mean, so, we pregame to so, the, uh, the new show. Joey's in two twenty seven. Uh, I got a different word for it, but I don't want to. Oh no! Please do. <laughs> Nothing's off limits on this show. Obviously, this is a fluffer episode. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jeez. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. What's oh. it's what's even weirder? She calls puppies and dogs fluffers too. Oh. Or we see them on the streets. Oh, I never oh. connected that. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Oh, yeah. Joey says nothing like a good fluffing. That is that is correct. Man. Uh, so Joey's in 227. Joe Johnstone in 246. Kendrick in 217. Um, Domer, I think 102 and 103. That area. Kevin Gorman, 125. Oh, no. Would have been, but he's traveling. He's watching from the depths of NYC. Oh, no. Uh, Nick Dunbar checking in from Houston, Texas. Thanks it. for joining us, man. Thanks for joining the trap. I'm glad you knew what that was because that would have gone completely over my head. Michelle's in 246. <laughs> Did you know what that was? No, I was laughing at um, Joe, Joe Johnstone. <laughs> but if you don't know that he's talking about his dog. Yeah, uh, one of his fluffers. <laughs> Speaking of fluffers, uh, his tour is ACL, her ACL. Gotta be, you gotta go easy on it. Yeah. Elliot Beaven's going to be watching from home. Probably a lot of people from watching from home. Did we, uh, are we open up for the whole 70 plus? I don't know. On a Wednesday night? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> on a Wednesday night? Probably not. We didn't do it last week. We still sold out the stadium, right? Still sold out the 45. Yeah, I think they would. I don't know, though. With it being yeah, a conference Yeah, Kendrick says 45. Yeah, it sounds about right. So Yeah. Which uh, is still like, it's a great atmosphere. How do you guys feel about the MLS Cup tickets being on sale? Uh, I feel good because we got first dibs on buying them. But is that not tempting fate? Did we get them this early last time? or? I don't remember. No, I think we did. 
But last time we were guaranteed to host it. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense. Like this is kind of on a hope and a prayer, not just that we make it, but that we also get Seattle, that we also get Seattle, which again, it's just the too many stars have to align. And I don't like it. I don't think so though, man. Cause we watched, um, actually I think both of us fell asleep during LA galaxy and LAFC, but cause it was after the game on Wednesday, they get home super late or was that thursday last week it was thursday mm-hmm. we get home after the game on thursday like 11 11 30 and then watching the rest of the la galaxy lafc game falling asleep but i've been saying it all season lafc is vulnerable like their back line is is prone to give up uh goals and bunches whenever they do and granted seattle really diaz isn't zlatan ibrahimovic but that seattle team whenever jordan morris gets clicking and christian roldan is all over the place. Um, I guess the I think, point is that it gives season ticket holders a week. And somebody mentioned it just recently about that. Uh, Kevin Gorham, all non-season ticket sales would have been last minute sales. So it allows season ticket holders a week to acquire tickets. And then we would know the results as of this week, whether or not we do host for it to open up to the general public. So th- from that standpoint, it makes sense. Otherwise, yeah. if they waited until the yeah. results of tomorrow night to do so, everything would be in a week and a half, which is going to be a madhouse because you've got to at least give season ticket holders a couple of days with priority. Yeah, so I think we've had we've had almost what have we had like five days with the presale yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, if you guys are listening to us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, leave us a rating and or a review read it live on the show also helps out tremendously with us getting uh, discovered by more people. And those of you guys who are watching on YouTube, thank you as always. And if you guys are not subscribed, which we know a good bit of our watchers viewers aren't subscribed, make sure you hit the subscribe button notification bell icon. Yeah. Especially on YouTube. Like it's always going to be that way. It's more convenient to view media or consume media in an audio format, particularly in a conversation like this, but so much of the conversation and what we talk about and how we communicate about it is based on people in the trap. And that comes from people that are subscribed on YouTube, hit the bell Holcomb icon and get the notification. Yeah. every we go live yeah, so in, in some ways join in on the fun. Yeah. The live chat, which year ago, I think they probably implemented it about a year ago. Live chat used to disappear. It was ephemeral. As soon as the episode was over, it was out in the ether. They couldn't keep that however many uh, megabytes of data of people. Uh, Yeah, you would have found, to Joe's point, we had a pregame here where we talked to Angie about creative endeavors that we've all got going on and outlooks for next year, and you would have been able to do that with us. Yeah, that bubble bubble stuff episode that we're going to start start having. Can't wait. I'm going to start working on the logo for it. How did it? I I don't think I've asked you, and I I feel like a bad husband, but... Um, how did it feel to know that Lil Yachty was waving your flag last week on Thursday night? I mean, I still haven't seen it. I showed it to you. Because Waka Flocka had posted it on his uh, story. I'd sent it to you. I saw him, but I don't remember being able to see that he had the flag. You can see like the bottom of the flag. It's pretty cool. I don't I don't know who that is. But... What? <laughs> You don't know, know, I mean, I know his name, but if I saw him, I couldn't tell you what he looked like. Oh or... man! But just getting the text from Kevin on the other side of the stadium is Lil Yachty's got the flood. I was freaking <laughs> out. It was awesome. It was pretty great. Yeah. Um. So you feel me? Ah, Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, shout out to Extra Time Radio. We're finally joining the big boys club. Yeah, the brown liquor club. Having a brown liquor episode. Fire, if, firewater Kevin I'm glad, is. I'm glad you guys decided to put your big boy pants on, <laughs> but hide it in mugs. Because that's not something I'm about here on this show. No. You just gotta put it out there. Yeah, we don't we don't have to we don't have to appease continental tires. <laughs> <laughs> Can't drink and drive on those three hundred dollar appease tires. But aside from that, uh they had a really great topic of conversation this past that pissed off all of atlanta united fans (laughs) included included in that list of pissed off people is none other than jason longshore the most level-headed person (laughs) in the atlanta united community who you know mike conti will go crazy on the the broadcast and then longshore still pretty he keeps an even keel i'll be like no it was a foul yeah it was conti's like i can't believe this ridiculous it's like (laughs) Oh, he got his leg. Yeah, it looks like uh, if you watch the replay, he was offside. 
So along those lines, the, the topic of discussion on their show was if Atlanta United wins MLS Cup, have they had a more successful season than LAFC? And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. I'll obviously give mine as well, but what are your thoughts? This isn't European soccer. Supporter Shield doesn't win you the league. That's not how it works here. So to me, who, whoever wins MLS Cup, I, I, and I would put the same thing, uh, I, I would flip the scenario here. Like if we won Supporter Shield, even if we won Supporter Shield, U.S. Open Cup, Campionis Cup. Campionis Cup, you have to wipe off the table just because uh, not, LAFC doesn't even have a chance to compete in that. Yeah, you're right. Okay, take that out of there. So we have U.S. Open Cup, and if we win MLS Cup, I think it's a more successful season. I think if it was if the shoe was on the other foot and we were Supporter Shield winners, and then LAFC had won both of those, I would still, even if we had won U.S. Open Cup and Supporter Shield, I would say that if you win MLS Cup, you're still the most successful team in the league because you, to that point, you get the right to play in Campionis Cup. You get the right to... To a couple other things, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's I'm an American sports fan at the core, and I feel like it's if you win the playoffs, that's a more successful season. It feels different this year without with going straight to one game matchups and sudden death. Like all you had to do is make it to the playoffs, and then it's anybody's game mm-hmm. from there. So even though we've we've earned it and we turned it around at the beginning and we've been on the up climb since then. It still feels like we just snuck in there a little bit to me. Let me take this and put it a different way. If Seattle Sounders win MLS cup or if Toronto FC wins MLS cup, do they have an argument for having a better season than LAFC? Wait, say that again. Sorry. If, C- if, if Seattle or Toronto, let me pose take Atlanta United out of the equation. If Toronto or Seattle win MLS Cup, do they have a claim to having a better season than the AFC? Yeah, yes. I think so. Because you you performed under the pressure when it counted. You all you had to do is get there. And then once you got yeah. there, yeah. you put on the show. The counter argument that I've seen that makes me hesitant to give a resounding, like absolutely MLS Cup winner automatically gets it. Um, is the manner in which LAFC played out their season and that they... Um, like the 18-1 and one Patriots that lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl? Exactly. You know what that's, they're not remembered that's, as. That's they're the not remembered argument. as champions. Absolutely. And I get that counter-argument. And I think the thing that validates Atlanta United's claim to that more so maybe than Seattle or Toronto, and I hate this because it's going to be phased and filtered through a, a, some sort of a homer lens, is that you have to take into consideration the entirety of this season for a club that played more games and garnered more results than LAFC did with their starters playing an international duty without the ability to maybe rack up the additional goals that Carlos Vela was able to do. So um, that suffered throughout a regular season run because of the extra games that were imposed on them early on in the season in a uh, CONCACAF run. Uh, going through a new management structure and system in its very first year with injuries at a pivotal position at left back that hindered them for a large portion of the first part of the season. So from that standpoint, I think Atlanta has a claim even without the MLS Cup just because of what they've been able to, you know. So how about this? What's more meaningful in the regular season is maybe even if you take MLS cup off the board and what maybe makes my decision for me is that what's more meaningful to a club supporter shield or open cup and campiones cup, right? Like you've got, you've got two trophies. Okay. So, so we're talking about number two. So are we all in agreement that MLS cup reigns supreme as the, the mark of success during a season? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, otherwise, I mean, did New York Red Bulls have the best season last year? No. Because no, they no, were no. they were beaten in resounding fashion, not once but twice by the team that won it. Well, no, we only beat them one of those games. I thought we beat them twice. I think we lost uh one nil. One nil. That's what it was. Game, yeah. That's what it was. But regardless. But the first game was a fucking blowout. 
what's uh what's robert wick talking about 2016 sounders um dude the trap is going crazy i keep seeing it out of the corner of my eye and i can't follow it that's why i have to just keep looking at you guys um kendrick brock interesting he said uh he'd take campiones over the shield he said campiones helped us make a name for uh ourselves around the world i think that's actually not a bad uh not a bad shout now i don't agree with joey's point mls cup u.s open cup campiones cup shield i would at least put shield above campiones cup just because it takes a longer run and i'm i would almost be willing to put it above u.s open cup because it's going to take a longer it takes more effort to get the shield than it does either one of those other two. I considering the quality of opponents that you're playing for the large majority of the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, I want to stop and say if you guys are listening to just the audio, it would behoove you to go into the chat uh, on on YouTube. We're at the fourteen and a half minute mark. If you guys go there, that live transcript of that live chat, it is it's bouncing off. Like we try and stay on top of it. It's been hard. Yeah. <laughs> It's been very hard <laughs> and normally stay on top of things that are hard is a lot easier but this is <laughs> one of those that proves a bit difficult it yeah. gives you a good anchor yes uh, as domer said <laughs> you would you would be remiss if you didn't go back and uh check it out we got another <laughs> new name in the in the in the trap bradley d saying that's what she said how appropriate exactly. bradley d Bradley um, D from Kevin Bradley sharing same mind. I, I think Kevin Gorham lays the gauntlet down. He said, you can't drink beer or bourbon out of that damn shield. That's a good point. Yeah, that's it. That's a good point. That's it, guys. It's it's done. <laughs> no. Um, and then Pierce Hicks, who, uh, he's saying, honestly, it's about dynasty status. I'll take our more cups over the best season. And I agree. Um, now that's a great point that Brian mentioned. Bri- yeah, Brian so Reynolds choked on the way to the shield last year. Yeah, so let's not act like we didn't choke on the way there. Um, that's true. It's very true. But at the same time, um, again, it's is it? It's tough because postseason has to weigh into the qualifications for season as we're talking about it. If we're talking about season before playoffs, absolutely, LAFC had the better season. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean. They clearly did. They got the best of Atlanta United the one time. It's, And this is going to make a lot of people mad in our fan base based on the same logic that a lot of people had last year going into the college football playoffs. UGA lost to Alabama in the SEC championship. They had a chance to qualify themselves against a team within the top four in the country, and they lost. By that logic, they do not get to then leverage that to say that they're one of the best in the four best four teams in the country because they quite literally lost to that team. So by that same metric and same logic, you would hold that in if you're going to equate the better season. The one chance Atlanta United had in a head-to-head competition during the regular season between the two teams, Atlanta United fell short. And they fell short overall. You can quantify whether the East was better than the West and all day long, however much you want. But even among their competition, they did not garner the same amount of points or accolades that LAFC did, even though you have to put some consideration into the extra games and all of that. But the one time they had a chance to compete against one another, LAFC was the victor. Now, whenever you talk about a season as a whole, including playoffs, if if Atlanta United wins, particularly against LAFC in a MLS Cup, there's no fucking debate because that's the biggest opportunity to represent that. Like, if you're the best team, you have to win on the biggest stage. Yeah. That's the difference, is that if Atlanta United doesn't get to play LAFC in the MLS Cup, that's when the the door opens for some debate because it could have just been a fluke game. Sounders end up getting the win. I'm sure a lot of NYCFC people are going to be saying that about the Toronto match because it's a couple of boneheaded mistakes and the new format, yada, yada, yada. But if Atlanta United goes on the road in an MLS Cup final and wins, there's no there's no debating that fact anymore. You know, right now you, it's all conjecture because you don't know and the one opportunity they had, they fell short. So we'll see how it goes. If we if we get the chance to, uh, so Kevin Gorham brought up two points or brought it up brought what brought up this point twice just uh, one more time for the people in the back because the the trap's been uh, pinging and zanging saying we've played more games in a calendar year than almost anyone in MLS history and are still this close to another championship game that is more impressive that is more impressive than being good for a season 
Uh, he said credit to that stat is most likely from uh, Mike Conti. And to Brittany S's point, we've got Toronto next, and maybe that's a good time to segue into that topic of discussion, which is to talk about this past week's match against Philly and what we saw. Saw a lot of lineup changes, and we're going to see even more going into the match this Wednesday and what our thoughts are going up against Toronto. But um, any word on Miles or Michael Parkhurst? I think the only thing that I saw was that they are hopeful that Parkhurst is going to be available on Wednesday. Because we're going to need him. Yeah. I didn't see anything related to, to Miles Robinson. But, yeah, I mean, Kevin Gorham saying he's out. Um, and then Parky's in first team training. Thank so, God. Because yep. we absolutely do not have LGP because of the yellow card accumulation. Yeah. Did he get that card in the first half or second half? First half. So does he only have to miss the first half of this? No. Nah. Come on, man. Doesn't get college football rules. <laughs> Some bullshit disciplinary action. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then Brian Reynolds, we'll talk about the, uh, the Julian Gressel stuff in a little bit too. Yeah. We don't want to, we'll, we'll end the show on a damper, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, why not bring it up now? Okay. I mean, we're already talking about big picture. If Atlanta United even makes it to the MLS cup, which is putting the cart way before the fucking horse. We all agree that there's no guarantee that Atlanta United even gets a chance to play an MLS cup. That said, um, we don't also don't know what's going to happen in the offseason, but we all can speculate, which is yeah. the fate of Julian Gressel. So uh, Felipe Cardenas, I sent this to you guys earlier today, of uh, The Athletic said, uh, I asked Gressel if he could share any details about his future with Atlanta United. I'm sorry, with hashtag ATLUTD. Uh, he said, I don't want to, uh, quote, I, do, I don't really want to get upset, to be honest, so I don't want to talk about it, unquote. I think that's further validation that we all have been assuming is that he's going to be gone. After Maybe he's just upset about the way talks have been going, but he's not necessarily leaving. That's true. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, Maybe, I'm not hoping, yeah. but I'm just thinking maybe he's not getting the answers he wants yet. And he's upset about it, but he's not necessarily out the door. Or he's upset because of the fact that it's going to come down to negotiation and things that he doesn't know right now. I think it might be that, you know, it could yeah. be that he doesn't want to get upset thinking about the prospect of not being here because it's not necessarily a final thing. Obviously he doesn't have an offer on the table from somewhere else. And I don't think he has a definitive answer. No, he's not going to get what he's asking for. I think we can all assume based on what we've seen thrown around, but I think it would make me pretty upset to know that I was playing for a cup for a team that I may or may not be a part of if those negotiations yeah. don't work out. Right. I mean, that, I think that's what it comes down to more so than anything is that there's just a lot of unknown on his yeah. part. Oh, so LGP didn't? He didn't get a yellow? I swear he got a yellow last game. Uh, I could have swore he did too. Who got a yellow in the first half then? Am I crazy? Yeah, he did. What? The trap is torn. The trap is torn. I thought he did too, yeah, Michelle. I thought he did. No, it was Julian Gressel had one. Okay. So then he's not suspended. Oh, he got a talking to. Okay. I swear. He, I, I, I no, feel like I this remember is... He got talked to, and it was way too early on, but then then that ref just kept giving everyone talk tos for a long time. Oh, God. Ooh, okay. That's, well, that's nice. Hey, a new name in the trap. William yeah, Julius. William Julius. Said, uh, not suspended for sure. Thank God. Huh. Thank God. Okay, so this is like not the Streisand, not the so Streisand effect. This is the this is the Mandela effect. It's like half so of us better. swear that he got a yellow card, yeah. and the other half are like, "You guys are idiots." Yeah. Oh well, they wouldn't be wrong if they're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. So Kendrick says that Larry had a talk with the ref. Uh, Jeff Lorenowitz, captaining us, uh, said that we had a talk. He had a talk with the ref. Oh, really? Uh, pre-game to inform him about the yellow card situation for him and LGP. Um. Okay, so everybody's available, which is good. So, all right, let's go back to um, line. Any other points on Gressel? Obviously, I think we all want him to stay. Yeah. Tim. Yeah, I I've seen worse contract disputes and all that, and better, and and end on good terms, and end up in the player staying with the team. So, I'm not going to read too much into it. Um, there's a whole lot going on that. 
could play into this. There's a new CBA coming at the beginning of next year. The salary cap rules are probably the salary cap's going to change. Rules are going to change. There's going to be a whole new structure to it. So hopefully, if he holds out long enough, hopefully he can, or we sign him as a free agent, whatever, after his contract runs out, hopefully he can get more money because I think it's absurd that he's making less than Jose Hernandez. Like, I still think that's yeah, that's a guy that's made maybe one first team appearance yeah. that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't even pretty, know who that is. It's, it's the guy. It's the guy that we saw at Brewster's one night, and I was like, oh, <laughs> "I want to go say hi to him, but I don't want to bug I him." Think maybe some of that. Old <laughs> shit, I think some of that may shake itself out as Atlanta United maybe reconciles some of that with the players that they do have that are making more than him, and says, "Okay, well, we'll get rid of some of these other guys and figure this out." So, um, okay. Well, I'm glad that we have LGP. Sometimes you you think it's a flare up, and it's just a false alarm. Yeah, it's just a boil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how often how often do you think that at least once a month okay but remember it's it's not about getting rid of it. it's about suppressing it that's it that's yeah. it it's about suppression and look we're good now i'm not the only one who remembers the valtrex commercials from the 90s yeah right? no matter what lgp gets to play if we advance because it resets it for correct so yeah. we're good okay Whew. that's great all right so um match last thursday thoughts on the game uh, I'm pretty disappointed. We walked out of the stadium and we were singing "Dupe," and nobody, cho- like nobody, like which version? Though? Sarcastically, like I put my hand up on you <laughs> when I dupe you, dupe we dupe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant to play "Dupe" whenever we opened up. Why yeah. did I not do that? I don't know. We were yelling. Don't it. worry, I'll fix it. We were yelling it on the way out of the stadium, and nobody was doing it sarcastically with us either. But there were no other like there were no Philly fans that were around to to really. Uh, get under their skin um what was the what was the name of the band that did it oh god i don't know just look up dupe philadelphia united or philadelphia union nope that is not it that's absolutely not it (laughs) i don't know what that was circus uh (laughs) so michelle was asking about the announcers for the game i haven't rewatched i I didn't rewatch the game i don't know don't worry, guys. Who was actually doing the announcing for the game? Was it Taylor Twelman? And there it there is. There it is. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot. I thought about this all week about playing it at the beginning of the show, and then I completely blanked on it. Oh, the announcers, Alejandro Moreno, and uh, who was the? Um, Oh, Adrian Healy and Alejandro Moreno. Alejandro Moreno. Yeah, that's right. I guess if people were people were apparently saying that uh, they were pretty bad. A dirty bird person still slaps. Still slaps. <laughs> definitely. Does. Dupe, dupe still slaps. <laughs> oh my God, Bill Holcomb joining us. Uh, oh, he man. said, "Dupe bitches." That's yeah. absolutely correct. Oh, that's um. Great. So, thoughts on the game overall. Good game. Joseph's worst, arguably. I mean, I don't know. That goal is pretty great. Oh, aside from the goal, obviously. But the few other opportunities he has right in front of goal, yeah. you expect him to be yes. maybe a little bit better. Yes. Which I was worried. Which is a high standard to put on a It is player. very high. But you can see how upset he gets each miss. Oh, yeah. Like, just let him have one yeah. so we can have Joseph back. Yeah. We were edged the entire time. Oh, we, we edged for like <laughs> 70 minutes. Just, and then just, <laughs> just filled up a just fluffers on the field. <laughs> no, legitimately, he had one of his worst finishing nights that I can remember in a while. But yeah. it did end with the absolute ludicrous. Like that finish was ridiculous. It was ludicrous the way that he was able to finish it from that angle. And with his off foot, no less, yeah. at that, whatever that was, 15 degree that. angle that he was on the side of the, and, and to beat a great keeper like Andre Blake like that. Who ends up making a huge save in the other one-on-one that he oh, has that, Joseph. that, and the, didn't he make another save in that same run of play? Wasn't there another, dude? That, Franco Escobar doing a bicycle kick to whole, put it back it, into the box? He did two saves during that transition. That was the most entertaining full minute of play out of Atlanta United's entire season to me. Like just relentless 
attempts on goal, and he gets multiple saves. Franco Escobar taking it out to the outside edge of the 18 just to fucking juggle it and bicycle it back in. Yeah. Oh, he had a very FIFA night. Escobar played with his hair He's on been fire. Hustling, yeah. He did, but at the same time, like I almost wanted to rip his hair out the one time <laughs> that he dribbled. He was like a quarterback getting chased by a defensive end and not throwing the ball out of bounds. Oh, you mean just like Mikey Ambrose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say what you will about Mikey. Uh he- no, don't you say say what I will about Mikey. I've been the the I've been in Mikey's corner. You weren't. You say what you will about Mike. I wasn't, but but rationally speaking, like yeah. I don't think that I was out no, of line no, to say no, that I no. thought throughout the season that having Justin Merriman left back would have been more logical, but kudos to Frank DeBoer. I think that was my main takeaway from that game, I think, was that Frank DeBoer just Ow. put on a fucking masterclass of I'm management. Still, I'm still on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> DeBoer out until <laughs> proven otherwise. <laughs> You know, I'm American, but I'm, I, I think I'm guilty. DeBoer Trout. Yeah. I'm DeBoer Trout until proven otherwise. Yeah. Until MLS Cup proves otherwise. Yeah, Kevin is a Mikey stan. He is. He absolutely is. <laughs> I don't know about all of that. I think I just, I stand up for a player that was played so far out of his natural position that it was not only on oh my the, God, on yeah, that was side, but on, like, he went from a natural left back position to playing right wing against Monterey and then people are like god why is Mikey Ambrose suck so bad what the fuck do you expect I mean you've taken a player and put him completely out of position and it's noticeably obvious every time he possesses the ball and he's trying to turn (laughs) to the right (laughs) to the outline like come on what do you expect so yeah I um oh okay Bill Holcomb and Mikey's natural position is on Atlanta That's rough, man. He <laughs> that is pretty brutal. What I was going to say is say what you will about him. He didn't put on a flashy performance except for that one. Aside from that, that was pretty cheeky, though. <laughs> the little back heel. Through, through two defenders, and there's great. no reason for any no, of it. Just just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he played a no-frills game. He played a lot of lateral and back passes throughout the game. And but he didn't expose himself much. No, he absolutely did He didn't. stayed at midfield. at the he. I think you could probably count on one hand the amount of times he traveled up past midfield, which is great. Yeah. I wanted to – so talking about Frank DeBoer putting on a master class in, in management. Wait, on, he has a master class? Yeah. And <laughs> 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 <In>, put uh, <laughs> – <laughs> on on Thursday night, and then to harken back to what you're talking about, whenever he played Mikey Ambrose at right wing back, so Joe Patrick was uh, they were doing media today at the training ground. And Frank DeBoer said any manager wants, or I uh, said Frank Frank DeBoer said any manager wants to put their stamp on a new team, but that uh, that when he came to Atlanta, quote maybe we put too many stamps on the team, unquote. He said says they now have found the right balance, and players believe more in the system that. Uh, has been adopted or adapted to fit them. So, well, it, so this is what the revelation I came to in this match, which was whenever Atlanta United has had the lead throughout the entire season, I think it's what's also led to the disparaging statistics as it relates to Atlanta United not winning games whenever they've been down a goal is their ability through possession based offense to maintain a lead, which is what happened against. Philadelphia Union. They got the lead and then all they had to do was play possession and force Philly to come out to take the ball from them. Like they had nothing to like Philly had to push the issue and ultimately it ends up leading to the second goal and potentially some others that were just a touch or a really great save away from being three or four nothing. Um, So that's where, you know, Frank's quote about people buying into the system, I think really plays into the mentality of this team through a possession-based tactic that can still prove really lethal on a quick break or a counter with all three DPs finally playing at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a while since we've seen that. I think we've only seen it a handful of twice. times all season. I think it was twice during the season, if I'm not mistaken. And, and how, like, how much of what was being made of PD Martinez not starting against New England two weeks in a row, how much of that was just... TMZ type gossip that ended up being nothing. You're absolutely right, Bill. I I agree. Guzan has a phenomenal save to keep that from being one one. 
aside from one play though, how, I mean, maybe there's a couple that statistically or throughout the run of play, there wasn't so much to lead me to the opinion that that game was ever out of control. There's always going to be one or two of those. I mean, without Andre Blake's miracle double save, it's, not three, nothing, you know, or three, one by that same logic. You've got to have players that make big plays in big games. That's part of it. And so I think Atlanta United has shown that they're capable of doing so more often than not through this tactic and this approach in the system. That's all I'm saying is it's not going to keep those things from ever happening. A penalty on Pogba. When was that? I don't when, remember that. I don't remember Pogba doing anything to give up a penalty. Now, to that point, the ref was calling everything. So everything could have looked like a penalty because yeah. he was calling every sort of Since we have like referees in the in the trap most of the week, I, I had a we were watching soccer yesterday. There was a penalty that happened. Or no, no, no. There was what looked to be a penalty, but we were waiting on a dead ball for like two minutes. What happens if there was a penalty that got missed? but the team still ends up scoring. Does the referee go to VAR and then award another penalty on top of it? I think the goal gets reversed. I think that happened with Red Bulls last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure that's what happened last year in a Red Bulls game, not for Atlanta United, but I think something similar to that happened where a penalty was awarded or either, either they got a goal or they were really close to scoring a goal and they pulled it back. That's a, I, I might be misremembering this. But I, I feel like that happened. Yeah. Could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. They would yeah. they would reverse the goal and then what happened to advantage? That sounds stupid. Anyway. So yeah, I thought overall it was a good game. Um the the game was never really in doubt. There's always going to be times when you need your players to step up and make a play for the shortcomings of somebody else, but I don't think that that was such commonplace in this past match i feel let me put it this way i feel better going into the toronto match than i did going into the philly match yeah having seen what i saw against philly we're still booing michael bradley right and josie altador on wednesday you do it and i will survey the land and see how i'm how many other people are doing it too oh i'm sure everybody will yeah, yeah, but are they just? Is it just like the guy next to us who's just booing as because soon as he Tim's hears booing. it? Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't Tim's know why. Tim's gonna start it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I am, because I'm still mad. But he's not on our team, so it, at a certain point, it's a good thing to see him out there because he's not that. Okay, scary. so it was it was a Atlanta United match that that happened. We were down four one, penalty given to Atlanta and goal taken away for the 2-3. Atlanta goes on to win 4-3. Okay. Can we get a Trinidad chant going during the game for Altador and Bradley? Oh, boy. Yeah? No, you're right, though. I do feel more confident uh, going against Toronto than I do. Is Josie healthy? Is he going to play? I believe... I can't remember who put that in the trap said. Expect about 30 minutes from him tomorrow. So I guess we'll see. Um... Elliot Beaven says he doesn't think Omar Gonzalez is going to play. 30 minutes healthy, Kevin Gorman says. 30 minutes healthy. Um, Pozuelo's still the guy, right? Pozuelo, Richie, Larea, and then... Um, yeah, I think that's the main thing you got to worry about on uh, on Wednesday. But I, I feel confident. I feel confident in the team on, on Wednesday. Tomorrow night, to me, is, I'm way more nervous about tomorrow night than I am on Wednesday night. And maybe because it's closer and... I don't think that there's any doubt whether or not Atlanta United is capable of beating LAFC. We could talk about that until the sun comes up, but Sounders versus LAFC. I don't, I don't see LAFC losing that match. I do. You said that last week. You've been saying that every week. Well, if I told to, what did to I be, tell you, you can only get one. What happened? You only got one to be, <laughs> to be fair. I do believe it's bullshit that at Bank of California Stadium, the supporter section can smoke out That's, David Bingham. It's the same thing as And what? get scored on. What the fuck it's is that? It's the same that? fucking thing that Orlando City did last year whenever Dom Dwyer gets two goals in the smoke. I know. It's it's absurd that that's yeah. allowed. Yeah, I agree. It's Especially absolutely in playoffs. absurd. Especially yeah. in playoffs. 
that that game's four three at that point. Or well, it's, I mean, it's well. Don't even get me started on the offside goal that LAFC manages to get in that doesn't get reviewed or overturned. Yeah. Um. I and Domer's right. Seattle can play that cynical shit style and, and bunker for penalties. Um. Mm. And what what Rob Swick, who was in the that trap is a earlier, interesting interesting strategy to go against this LAFC yeah. team. Just bunker and hold out for penalties. What what do you got to lose? Yeah. And uh, Rob Swick pointed out earlier on in the trap talking about the whole comparison of what's more of a success a successful season whenever he said Seattle won US or won MLS Cup in 2016 without a shot on goal because wow. they ended up just going to penalties I didn't even th- know that so yeah Brian Schmetzer who uh Angie can't stand is uh probably gonna the the <laughs> Sounders... said Seattle's already <laughs> Seattle's already killing time <laughs> uh Seattle's manager whenever he comes on oh yeah no, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about him other than whenever he's on. He just I, he's he's annoying. He's 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 obnoxious on the yeah. on the microphone. But um, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, and Nick Dunbar saying he's going with Seattle in this one. Their defense is better, and LAFD, LAFC's defense is garbage. Agreed. I that's that to me is the the main sticking point. If Rui Diaz and and Roldan and Jordan Morris come out on on Wednesday and they're firing LAFC is going to have Swiss cheese defense. What's his name? Who's the, who's the keeper for LAFC? I can't remember the kid's name, but, um, he let in, uh, a really shit goal. He's, he's constantly a liability back there. It seems like where is this LAFC D is garbage notion coming from aside from this last match against, LA Galaxy because even if you've got like even if okay so even if you do take that argument first of all I want to know where it's coming from second of all even if you take that position you're talking about a team that ended up plus 48 in fucking goal differential it doesn't matter how bad your defense is if you're putting up that amount of goals yeah you're right and and I'm which being, is exactly how they beat Atlanta United and LA Galaxy this year and I'm being hyperbolic they had the best defense in the league in terms of goals uh goals allowed um but I mean I don't know I feel like uh there are definitely times where their defense looks suspect now to your point they're playing the team that had the second most points in the West. And let me see how many goals score. So they're playing against a team that had six less goals for over the course of the season than LA galaxy did and conceded 10 less goals on the season. So maybe to your point, maybe that's what balances out, but you're doing sports math at a certain point. And it's, it's saying, okay, well maybe Seattle's defense is a little bit better than galaxy. So maybe they don't concede the third and fourth goal that, or the fourth and fifth goal that galaxy does. And maybe they're capable of at least holding ground with a scoring opportunity or, or, or chance creation standpoint that galaxy <laughs> was, and maybe you end up with a draw and it goes to PKs or something, but you're still, splitting hairs i don't think it's such a definitive statement to say that lafc's defense is atrocious and it automatically goes to seattle i I don't know that that's necessarily the case is all i'm saying so connor thompson i love this so seattle has pixie dust magic plus ultra vegans (laughs) it's true (laughs) it's true it's very true so one thing that is is hard to judge too is their head-to-head happened in april in back-to-back weeks um, for Seattle, yeah. So okay. LA, LAFC, and that was when Seattle was terrible. They were at the bottom of the West at the yes. time. LAFC won four one the first game, and then the next week they drew one one. Fair enough. But Seattle's record over the past, um, let's see, two four. I mean they they've won five of their last seven games, including the playoffs. So. I mean, I don't know. They're a good team. They're well rounded. But how many has LAFC won? <laughs> um, LAFC only over the last seven. I want to say they won. Let's see, one, two, three. Only three of their last seven. Yeah, they drew. They went through a stretch where they went through a five-game winless stretch. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they drew LA Galaxy. They lost to Minnesota. They drew Orlando. Ooh, they drew Dover. Philly. They drew Toronto. Domer makes a good point. The draw against Seattle 
was at Seattle and Ladero got a red in the 19th minute. I didn't realize that. And the other thing that you really can't substitute is the experience too. I mean, that, that Seattle team time and time again, seems like they make it deep into the playoffs, right? <sighs> they were, they were in the same position last year playing against Portland. Yeah. And they were close to making their way into, uh, into MLS cup. So now Connor Thompson has been the, has had the most logical, I mean, I don't know if I would say, I think this is a successful season regardless of what happens against um, Toronto. But his point is, if we beat Toronto, I call this a successful season. If and only if we play LAFC three trophies one season. I think, like, what's at the essence of that is that, like, regardless of the outcome of the, or at the core of that statement is that if we end up losing to LAFC, this is still a successful season, I think is what I take from that. And I think that even it's the same stance I took last week against Philly is that I think this team is playing on found money yeah, in large part, right? I mean, to me, it doesn't matter if Atlanta wins against Toronto this week. What do you guys think? Successful season or not right now? Season ends today. Yes, but looking at where we started from this season, no one expects you to come back after winning the cup and doing it again in the second year with a new coach, with new big players. And it took so long for everybody to kind of learn how to work together. The fact that we've gotten to this point, yes, it feels like found money. It's going to be really hard to be like, if we lose when we got this close, it's going to take a little while to kind of appreciate it and not just be bummed. But I do agree. I think playing Toronto feels like a known enemy where we have a chance. Playing LAFC feels a little bit more outside the realm of reality. So I will feel a little bit better if we can just win this week and then yeah, look at it from that's a there. good point. That's a good point. How much, how much does the day that we play weigh into that? Like, if I feel like if we lost on a Saturday, I'd feel better by Monday. Playing on a Wednesday <laughs> night after work, and I gotta get up, go to work the next day. I feel like I'm gonna feel way worse, and I, I, it's gonna be delayed grief. I gotta wait until the weekend. <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, Halloween will help uh, wash uh, that away. Bill, I, <laughs> Bill Holcomb actually brings up a good point. He said, uh, "Have we ever beaten Seattle? We've beaten every team in MLS." Did we end up beating them this year? I believe so. If not this year, then last year. But I remember seeing the thing that we've beaten every team in the MLS and we were the fastest team to do it. Um, we lost to Seattle this year. I think we beat them last year. 2 1? Yeah, no. We haven't? No, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah, we've never beaten them. Was it just that Joseph had scored against every team? That might have been. Yeah, it. Joseph scored against every team. Yeah. That was it. And that feels like a win. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Whereas LAFC last year, we beat five nil in our building. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was obviously a completely different team, but um and Bob Bradley, that whole thing with Sebastian Salazar after the game, that really rubbed me the wrong way. I wasn't a huge fan of Bob Bradley to begin with, but did well, you watch that? I know that get you're lost. I know that you're a huge fan of Get Lost. I know you're a huge Latan fan. What about get him? lost? What about him? You a big fan of his gesture after the game? Oh, the him. Doing the Madunian and grabbing his junk yeah. to the <laughs> kind of I missed that. Yeah, he was walking past uh, uh I think LAFC supporter section, he just grabbed his junk and shook it. <laughs> Why is that a thing? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know what it means, but who started it and why is everybody else? I doing think the it? rap game in the 80s. <laughs> the rap game in the 80s? I think that's what it was. You like you just stand and grab your junk. I don't know. Or maybe it could have gone back to like some um like western western wear. You got your gun right there or something, right? Or my, yeah, your frontless chaps. That's it. That's what I <laughs> that's the only chaps I wear. Do they make front full chaps? The front of your butt. Yeah, the front of your uh, butt. It's just like an apron. <laughs> that's all that is, basically. Oh no, that would have a front on it. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Uh oh, Joey says, "Look up the guy who talks smack to him." Zlatan said, "His his name is at LAFC Soccer Head." I guess. Of course, he's just he like, paints what's himself his gold like gold dust. God Almighty, gold dust. Uh, all right, so um, Bob, back to Bob Bradley. 
That's, did, did you want? did you see the shirt that he wore? No. Was it a Hydra shirt? Please tell me it was a Hydra uh, shirt. No, it was flesh colored to the point where he told Sebastian. <laughs> just looks like a, yes, he, he looks like a giant thumb. Yes. <laughs> he did. He like he he told Sebastian Salazar, get lost, get lost, and then walked away. And he he as the cam- <laughs> as he gets further from the camera, he looks more and more naked. Like more and more the topless. Angriest Michael Keaton. Yeah. Oh, I don't man. think I've seen Michael Keaton that angry since uh Birdman. Oh no, I was angry. Because I sat through that movie. Hey, buddy. Yeah, hey, buddy. I like that movie. Hey, buddy. I like that. <laughs> I'm more of another guy's fan. Whatever. Um. All right. So, any other takeaways from the game against Philly? Escobar having great. What? Let's talk about defense a little bit because LGP is obviously staying. Because <laughs> we're we're not we're idiots. Yeah, we didn't uh... look. I mean, I already. I'm I'm expecting you to maybe call me on some bullshit. This is the problem. You've let the results of the the vault get into your head. And you just take yeah. it at face value. I don't know if you heard, but I had the best predictions for the season before the season began, and now and now here we are. Yeah, he got it by four. Yeah, he doubled doubled me up. Yep, predictions. Dan's Dan's pretty trash though. <sighs> Something we can all agree on. Um, Hashtag where's Dan? Defensively speaking, I really liked the Pogba Mikey combination because it was terrifying when they put up that lineup. Like, what is this? Because we've seen Pogba in bits and pieces, but to have him start next to little Mikey (laughs) just seemed like, okay, well, that's where all of the attacks are coming. You see, whenever they walk. They walk out of the tunnel instead of no, Pogba. They're, they're holding instead of Pogba holding a kid's hand. It's just him. Oh. Where are we going, Thunder? No, that's not what Mikey sounds like. Do a do a Mikey Ambrose impression. I can't get my voice that high. <laughs> oh man! But then they were great. It was the weirdest. Oh yeah, it was it was great. Um. I will say, shame on me. I thought Pogba. I was, I was skeptical at best about Pogba's ability to play a full ninety, and he showed that he is fully capable of doing so in that match this past week. And so, that's that's arguably my biggest takeaway from that game because you expect the other players to play up to their ability. Um, and I think for the most part, most of them did. The one player that didn't really have a huge standout game was Nagby, and I think it was as a result of Escobar playing so offensively structured that Nagby was the one having to fall back and cover. So from that standpoint, um, I think everybody sort of played up to their potential aside from maybe Nagby. Um, and But my biggest takeaway is that Pogba had a full... Were you saying Nagby up. didn't have a good game? No, I'm just saying he didn't have the type of match that you would expect him to have because his role changed drastically That's having fair. to play more defensively structured because LGP was, LGP and Escobar were up for every single corner. They, I mean, Escobar was tracking up more times than he wasn't. Um, so Nagby was the person having to fall back to cover for that most of the time. I kept forgetting Nagby was even on the field. Yeah. There's just so much time that you didn't yeah. see. Not that he wasn't doing work right. somewhere right but he wasn't but that's also why front. escobar had the kind of noticeable game that he did is yeah. because he was getting into getting involved in the run of play where nagby typically would but you didn't need nagby to have that role or position and that's what we talked about last week where we knew that we would likely see pity and barco and how does pity barco and nagby all fit into a front like an offensive attack whenever they're going to seemingly get in each other's way. And I think that the balance from that was that Nagby kind of took a step back and covered for Escobar to track forward and back on the wing. So from that regard, I think it worked out. Yeah, you're right too. And like you said, you touched on it last week, that game was never really going to have that much of a midfield to begin with the way that the, the Philly games usually end up. And I thought, with to go back to the the Mikey and Pogba situation, immediately thought they're gonna attack this. You know, they're gonna they're gonna loft balls at Mikey Ambrose all game. And they started with it and I was like, Oh god. Here it goes. Like he's already he's already taken on fifty fifty balls in the box. Yeah. And then the team backs him up. Like 
just collectively yeah. um, really sound back there. And then the other thing you saw, I don't know, I was looking at Twitter and at, and at halftime, everybody's like, well, they're about to bring on El Sino and this is going to really spell the end yeah. of it for Mikey Ambrose. And then he got beat one time. And then other than that, before getting subbed out, he, I mean, El Sino was kind of a non-factor yeah. most of the game whenever he was in there. Again, I think my opinion on this defense is if they can play a containing defense based on a possession based attack. And that goes back to what Bill's point was earlier about the most um, concerning moment in that match defensively was a time when that opportunity didn't present itself to have a defender really contain and get an overlapping defense. I've been saying it for weeks now is that when Atlanta United shines on defense, it's whenever a player steps up and contains and has an overlapping defender there to cover if they get beat. When Atlanta United gets exposed defensively is whenever that doesn't present itself or a defender makes a rash decision to step out of line and try to be a hero and then exposes Guzan to a one-on-one. So what I think that both Mikey and Pogba did really well was to maintain that level of play where they weren't trying to be a hero or do something out of line so much so that I think that plays into why Mikey wasn't up past midfield more times than not because he wasn't exposing that back line as a result of that. And he didn't really need to go up much past that to begin with because between Barco and Pity and everybody else up top, we just didn't need it out of him with Escobar and Gressel on the right side. Who needs a left side, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah. If nothing else, the game on the game on Thursday definitely makes me feel more comfortable going into the Toronto game. Cause I think you mentioned whenever we were watching NYCFC in Toronto, it's like, if, if not for those big mistakes, Toronto doesn't even score. No. Yeah. Like they gave up that red or not red bulls. Uh, NYCFC gave up that really horrible. Monterito's penalty yeah. at the game was NYFC dominated that entire game. The Toronto got so lucky to get out of there. And that's again, where I come back to you. I don't feel so bad going into this match. Now I could always be wrong. And I hope the players aren't feeling that way because you know, on TV, Sure, it looked like, I mean, you would expect us to play to at least close to the level NYC plays with day to day. And from that standpoint, if you're equating Atlanta United to an NYC caliber team, yeah, Toronto looked outplayed for 88 minutes out of 90. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, but it comes down to single elimination playoffs. You cannot afford to make those kinds of mistakes. You cannot head a ball directly up into the air and expect your keeper to come out off his line to retrieve it or make a slide tackle in the 89th minute inside the box. Yeah. Nowhere near ball. I mean, come on. Yeah. He really, he really shit the bed on that. Now, what I will say is that I forget the name of our official, but Mike Conti did tweet out that um, our official is the official that awarded two PKs in stoppage time the last time we played Toronto. Uh, hold on just a second. Uh, somebody had tweeted, somebody put it in the Slack earlier. Alan who, Kelly. Alan Kelly is going to be our referee. That is correct. Um, speaking of formations in that, um, you know, Joey's talking about us having a press cover technique, a banana back line. Domer brings up the great and powerful phallic formation. That we I think we about. go two, one, 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 one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. phallic formation, it yeah. works. It does. It works. It's very it narrow. Yeah, but it's an impenetrable wall that allow, that disallows movement laterally across the field because you've got a strong shaft in the and middle. You just stay in the box the whole game. That's it. You're you're able to move forward and back. You might get a little one of these every now and then. Get a little <laughs> bend in it. The, uh, the inflatable wacky car salesman guy. That's <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> okay score prediction for wednesday score prediction for tuesday Ooh, for tuesday. the seattle lafc game uh 3-1 lafc 2-1 seattle 2-2 two, 4-3 two, seattle and penalties Where's where's the you don't have your pen, do you? The one time. The one time. It's in my car. Um well, we've got a record of it here. It's fine. We have an audio record. We have an audio record of it. I'll remember it. 
Because I'll be right. Here we go. Um, Bill Holcomb, 4 nil for LAFC. Joey saying 3-2 Seattle. Kevin Gorham, 0-1 Seattle. Could this be the first game that we see go to penalties? Yeah, maybe so. Uh, somebody pointed out earlier, I think it was Joe Johnstone, I do miss the old MLS uh, penalty format. Right! <laughs> Did you ever see that? Oh, man, no. bring the, that the old, back. The, the old 90s MLS penalties you started from like half field you dribbled the ball in a one-on-one against the keeper yeah Yeah, exactly but you only could get so many touches yeah keeper how many i don't remember how many (laughs) um we have uh stuck 2011 says 3-1 seattle domer 3-2 seattle in in extra time um and then nick dunbar says 3-3 and then uh 5-3 seattle and uh five touches from the 40 yard line is what it was oh man Bring it back. Connor Thompson, your avatar, is that Frylock and Shake? Or am I looking oh, at that wrong? Yes, I got Master Roshi from that. Oh, it I, looks, got, I see the white beard. With Ma- Master Roshi with red eyes is what I see. Yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. It looks like Frylock at the top to me. <laughs> oh, it says Eggman from uh, from Sonic. So, or, or as us old heads used to refer to him as Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. Before he got changed to uh, Eggman. Ah, I see now. Right on. I see. I it. see now. I see it. Got it. Okay. Ooh, good. I like it. Sid the Science Kid says Roldan scores a hat trick for the bogus <laughs> red that he got against LAFC. Um. So the Dirty people, Bird person four two LAFC. It's all over the place, back and forth. I don't think anyone knows what's coming out of that game. Yeah. All right. Score prediction for Atlanta United. <laughs> um. I say it's 2-0. I say we continue this defensive record that we have in the playoffs. Still, however many ga- how many games have we played in the playoffs so far in our in our history? One in the first year, three, four, and we've given up two goals ever in the playoffs. I don't like it. And just in context, again, Franco Escobar scored three goals in the playoffs as a defender. Angie? 3-1. Atlanta? Yes. Say uh, two one Atlanta in extra time. We've played eight total games in the playoffs, and we've given up two, two one, goals. Two one Atlanta United in extra time is what I'm saying. Brittany S says four nil hat trick Joseph Martinez. I said what I said. Wow. Yep. Bill Holcomb three two in extra time to Atlanta. Kevin Gorham two one to Atlanta. Domer three nil to Atlanta. Wow! 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 Yeah. Okay. Uh, so like the science kid, 2-0 to Atlanta, I'm guessing. So this sucks, man. It, it sucks. Have, I'm excited for Atlanta United being in a, a – you texted me right after the match. I was like, how fucking crazy is this? Like, we're hosting Eastern Conference final. I fucking hate that it's on a Wednesday. Yeah, it sucks. Like, that's it, – it's tough to really enjoy it with any sort of – intensity because you're rushing to get over there from work and then immediately after you got a haul ass to get home to get any sort of sleep for work the next day yeah <laughs> you know um yeah it's tough it's tough hopefully they get that fixed they've got to do something different next year i think yeah it was crazy because we had the sports equinox this weekend and mls was the only major sport in in the u.s that wasn't represented in some sort of fashion every other Major league sport in the U.S. played games this weekend. Like if it was like a huge weekend for Vegas. Even if it was, even if it's this weekend instead of the during the midweek, that would be better. Like, why do you need ten games off or ten games, ten days off from conference final to final versus seven days? You know? Yeah. No. Seems That's fair. Make sense. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Angie, where can they find you at? I'm not on Twitter, just Instagram. And where can they find you at? At Angie Kakoma Herb. Or just through Tim and Kevin's Instagrams. <laughs> I like it. Whenever we're not Naruto running across Buford Highway. Yes. Yeah. That was a, amazing. With a belly full of bubble tea. <laughs> bubble stuff bubble stuff if you did find us on um itunes or 
any other podcatcher, if there is a like, subscribe, star, comment, whatever is available, please do so. It helps spread the word and awareness so that others may find us like you have. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes and you want to tune in, be sure to go to um, Home Before Dark on YouTube. I think we've got a bit.ly set up, bit.ly forward slash HP4D YouTube. Um, if, did I say iTunes? I meant to say YouTube. Yeah. To find us on YouTube, to hit the bell icon, the bell, the bell Holcomb icon, to uh, get a notification whenever we go live, to hang out in the trap with the rest of these great folks. Thank you to everybody that tunes in each and every week live. You guys make this show so much easier to do than coming up with topics and points of conversation than doing so on our own. So thank you to everybody that shows out. You know who you are. We mention you each and every week on the show for a reason because you guys are what drives this show forward aside from our own mutual love and respect for one another and the drive to see each other each and every week. I think it's maybe more so on my end than it on yours, but <laughs> that's another stuff. <laughs> Physical. Uh, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. As always, unite and conquer. That's not what we always say. This week, it's what we This say. week, it's what we say. Be home before dark. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.